Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Welcome inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout coach and consultant Chris Landry from LandryFootball.com. I'm Scott Seidenberg and it is Thanksgiving week. It's my favorite time of the year, Chris, because it's football, it's food, and it's family. Yeah, no, it's always a great time of year, and it's certainly from a football standpoint, I echo that. And for all of our listeners, uh, maybe you're downloading this as you're traveling. Be safe on the highways. It's a busy, hectic time of year. I know in some parts of the country the weather is bad. Be safe and get to where you're going so that you can uh, follow the rest of this great football season. It's such a great time from a football standpoint because, obviously, we head to the final week of the college season before we get to the conference championship weekend. So man, if the season is gone, yes, we're in week 14 and yes, it uh, was like uh, seemingly of just a few weeks ago, we we're talking about week zero and get ready for week one. So we've got the rivalry games. We've got some pivotal games and what it means for the playoff rankings. Uh, all of that is uh, obviously uh, very, very intriguing and, going to tell us an awful lot. So it's a great time of year. And I think uh, I agree with you when you have uh, a little football on Thursday and Friday and Saturday and then Sunday, you know, in the NFL, it's a, it's a great day. By the way, I, I'm a big believer in this. I want to get this off my chest that I, I, I just think college football continues to miss the boat in some areas. And, you know, we've had over the years, triple headers. Well, really we've had double headers in the NFL only in recent years, we've had triple headers where the night games, I give credit to the folks at Ole Miss and Mississippi state. They've created a great identity for the egg bowl by putting it on Thanksgiving night. Mm -hmm. um, I think we should have a couple of more uh, schools look at doing this on Thanksgiving during the day. We should have a triple header in college football. We should have an early game. We should have a mid afternoon game. We should have an evening game like we do whether it's, I mean, it could be like it used to be in my day, uh, Texas, Texas and m Texas A&M played every year. Now we know they're not in the same conference. It would be great if they could revive that and play that every year. I don't think that's going to happen, but something like that. I maybe the greatest game I ever saw in my lifetime was on Thanksgiving day. It was Oklahoma, Nebraska. It was one versus two. The Heisman trophy was at stake. The orange bowl was at stake. Um, the national championship was at stake. It was a cold, rainy, dreary Lincoln, Nebraska day, and everybody huddled around the TV and watched Oklahoma, Nebraska in a 35-31 game, and it was great. Uh, they don't play one another anymore, so you won't see that. But, shoot, I mean, why not uh, if you're Wisconsin, Minnesota, or Washington, Washington State, or Oregon, Oregon State, or Arizona, Arizona State, or somebody like that, take it, not maybe one of the top two or three rivalries, but if you're kind of an Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Egg Bowl type of rivalry, take advantage of that. Get one of those games in there, and uh, I think the TV folks would be wise to have a triple header in college, so it gives people uh, some options, and for those like myself that would watch them both, uh, some people can go back and forth if they've got one TV or college fans have something to go on. But I've been thinking about that, and I've mentioned it a few times. So there, I mentioned it here. I'd like to have more <laughs> college football on Thanksgiving Day, by God. We well, got a no great, 
well, there's no denying. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was gonna. That's what I was gonna say. There's no denying that college football owns the Black Friday schedule. Like that. Yeah. That whole day. I mean, it starts at noon. It's it's just like a Saturday, except it's a Friday, and that is all college football all day on that Friday. So if you're not into the shopping, you got plenty of college football yeah. to watch. But, but on think that about Friday. this. Think about this. You're all missing Mississippi State. You play that game on Saturday at noon or at 2.30 or at 6 o'clock at night. Doesn't mean as much. How many people are watching yeah. that thing? Yeah, not a lot. Now you get that. Now, I think you throw in uh, some games that, again, Virginia Tech, Virginia. Well, that's for the Coastal. That's huge. That's going to be at 11 a.m., the early window on Friday. Um, you know, uh, a Clemson to South Carolina. We know that's been one-sided recently. But Georgia, Georgia Tech. Again, games like that, man, that would Louisville, Kentucky, um, you know, uh, Purdue, Indiana. How about that? That's a game that's that no one pays attention to the old oak and bucket hmm. on Saturday. Well, you know, you're missing the boat. Put that game on a Thanksgiving day, the early window. You know, everybody starts to see about it, hear about it. There are going to be people that are going to watch it that wouldn't never been to Indiana and, but, you know, or <laughs> Kentucky or whatever. I just, I just think those things are, you know, would, would, would matter. A Vandy, Tennessee, uh, certainly in Oregon State, Oregon. Uh, heck, Grambling Southern put the, now Grambling Southern's a little different because that's a big party with a lot of alumni and uh-huh. a lot of fraternity. Prop, that's a big weekend deal. So, they're not going to change that up, but but games like that uh, would be huge. So anyway, it's a thought I had. I you know uh, you know Florida State, Florida, a lot of ways you can go with it. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, a lot of games like that that would be best served if you could put those games on Thanksgiving Day. Anyway, I digress. Well, Didn't mean there's to take no yeah. Budget. There's no denying that it's going to be an incredible weekend of college yes. football. And yes, there are college football playoff implications galore on the line this weekend. And speaking of the college football playoff, the latest rankings came out, Chris, and a little bit of a change at the top. Uh, I, I kind of understand. And, and th- tell me if you agree with me here. The change that we're talking about is the flip-flop of Ohio State and LSU. So Ohio State is now number one. LSU drops to number two. Chris, I think this was done just in case Alabama is that number four team because then you would avoid a rematch in a national semifinal between LSU and Alabama because they would be two and four as opposed to one and four. What do you think about that? I, I think they're going to definitely separate if we were to have two SEC teams, be it LSU, Georgia, LSU, Alabama. We're not going to see them play in the first round. I, I think they're going to separate it. Now, in this case, it, it at this stage, you you don't know how that's going to play out. And to I, I mean, I, I think that may have something to do with it, but I think it's a little early for that. I think the last rankings will reflect that maybe more than any. And I could be wrong, but that's how I think. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that there is some merit to the fact that Ohio State beat a really good team, a very highly ranked team. A uh, Last week, they were ranked, Penn State was, eight. So you're, you're number two seed, you beat the number eight seed. And um, I, I think that is kind of – I think it was pretty close between the two. We saw Ohio State be one, then LSU, and then LSU. So I think it was close. I think it's a byproduct of the fact that 
Ohio State beat a very good team in Penn State that was ranked very high last week. And I and so I think it's that. But I, I do think that your premise is right. Um, and it may may be setting it up that way. But if it turns out they may have to manipulate it again um, mm-hmm. to, to to avoid playing two SEC teams against one another in the semifinals, if two SEC teams make it. Um, I'm sure we'll get into it. Maybe let's just jump right into it with Alabama in the scenario. If LSU beats Georgia, Georgia's out, then that opens the door for Alabama in comparison with Utah. Look, I, I, I every to me, I, I do believe, and certainly in the way I look at it, there's football left to be played and, and much that needs to be decided. Everybody's already decided. Oh, it should be Alabama over Utah. Oh, it should be Utah over Alabama. I mean, there's a lot to be determined. How good is Alabama with Mac Jones? Nobody knows. We're getting yeah, what if they what if they struggle with Auburn? What if they struggle what, with what, Auburn? What if they barely what, beat Auburn? What, what if what if they beat them decisively? Well, Auburn held out LSU to twenty three, and what if they scored twenty eight? You're right. What if they struggle? We don't know. What does Utah? I suspect that they're going to clobber Colorado at home, but are they going to handle the big moment of beating Oregon? Oregon could not handle the big moment of beating Arizona state, a team that they're better than, but they lost them on the road in Tempe. You know, we've seen PAC 12 teams sometimes struggle in these big moments. So we don't know how Utah is going to finish. They look good. They're deserving, but it's not done. We're not to the finish line yet. So look, I think that I don't think, the conspiracy theorists have it. Well, they, they're going to manipulate this or that. I think they're going to decide it on the field. I think mm-hmm. how Alabama looks against Auburn matters. I think how Utah looks against Colorado and Oregon matters. I think if it's really close, and as you said, it would if they struggle with Auburn and, and Utah wins decisively, Utah then has the conference championship. They have to decide. Is Alabama clearly better, unequivocally better is what they call it, clearly better than Utah? Does it just absolutely resonate with everybody? Guys, clearly better. Well, you know what? You can't – everybody's asked me this week, Scott, and I said, you don't understand. I don't know. I can tell you how I think Alabama is going to try to attack Auburn and vice versa. I don't know what Mac Jones is going to look like with this offense. This offense with Mac Jones, we've seen it against Arkansas and Western Carolina. That's it. I don't know if they go out and decisively beat an Auburn defense that's one of the very best in the country. I mean, as good as anybody that we're going to see in the playoffs. I I, I absolutely could envision next week or two weeks from now telling you, yep, Alabama's better because I saw them do it against Auburn or nope, they're not as good because I saw them against Auburn. And I think the interesting thing would be is if both are really impressive and dominate, then you're trying to decide at that point, is there enough separation to say, okay, you put Alabama in because they're, they're decidedly better. I, I think that has to be answered when all the film is done, meaning all the games are done. So I don't think it's 
I've also thought this, and think about this, and play along with me on this. Who really, oh, control their own destiny. And I know that whole controlling your own destiny. <laughs> I, I, I'm not quite sure that, but that's what everybody uses. Mm -hmm. Ohio State controls their own destiny, correct? They win out, yes. they're in. Yes, correct. LSU controls their own destiny, they win out, they're in. Clemson correct. controls their own destiny, they win out, they're in. Mm -hmm. Georgia control their own destiny. If they went out, they're in. Yes, yes. Okay, now, Minnesota. You see, I <laughs> I think that they would get in. I, I really do. No. I so, think a one-loss Big Ten champion gets in. Yeah, Minnesota beats Wisconsin, then goes ahead and beats Ohio State. Okay, so the four teams that we mentioned that control their own destiny, I agree with Scott. One of them's coming out. So who's coming out? Well, I think the you know Ohio State, let's just take them for a second out and, and let's look. LSU's unbeaten. If they, they went out, they, they're, they're in, and as would Clemson be. So you would be looking at uh, one spot, excuse me, uh, two spots for Ohio State, Georgia, and Minnesota. Minnesota would have beaten Ohio State. So Minnesota's so in. Minnesota's in, Ohio State. Then then you decide, do you put the one-loss Ohio State team in that just lost the Big Ten title game? Do you put the one-loss Pac-12 title winner in Utah? Or do you put the one-loss Alabama team in that didn't even play in its conference championship game? Or the one-loss Oklahoma team that won the Big 12? And I think in that scenario, you'd have two Big 10 teams in. And I think it would depend upon how that Ohio State-Minnesota game played out. How competitive, yeah. so on and so forth. But now, I think Chris, that's a that's something that people have to understand too, is that when we say like LSU, Georgia, Ohio State, Minnesota, how those games end could yeah. could could uh, factor I in here because let let's say Georgia let's say Georgia beats LSU on a last that, that, second that, field goal, LSU's correct. in. Right. So, and that's what I was going to say. Now we're taking the same scenario, but Georgia wins. So. You know, Georgia's a one-loss SEC champion. Tell me if you disagree. They're in. Clemson yes. wins out. They're in. Um, okay. But Minnesota wins out and beats Ohio State. So now you've got the same drill, but the three teams are Ohio State, LSU, and Minnesota. Minnesota's just won the Big Ten title, beat Ohio State. They're in. Yeah. So I and think I, Minnesota, I, I, Clemson, Georgia in. It's LSU and Ohio State. It's LSU for me. Well, so, again, yeah. how do they how lose? It look? It's all how about it how the game plays how, out. How does Amazing. Ohio State look against Minnesota? <laughs> LSU look against Georgia? It it's not so. It's, it's not exactly. as black and white as win yes. and win and loss. Yes. And win or lose. Yes. And that's what people have yes. to understand. That's yeah, and then and then and then the, like the scenarios of you know who needs help, but are we going to sit here and say this is not going to happen? You know, if if uh, you know Georgia could lose, that's a possibility. Alabama could lose to Auburn. We've discussed that. Michigan Utah, could beat Ohio State on Saturday. You Michigan never know. could beat Ohio State. You know, uh, AM could shock LSU. Utah loses to Oregon. You know, um, you know Minnesota loses to Wisconsin. Put the Oops. American Conference the, in there, Chris. Why not? The, the, <laughs> the, the, then you then you got then you got Oklahoma and Baylor. Oklahoma and Baylor in the picture. Yep. As one loss teams. And one of them wins the conference championship. So two teams that are clearly not in it right now, the Big 12, all of a sudden they get in it. So we're getting closer and we're one week closer 
with certain teams that we're going to have what I call a floor next week because, you know, if Alabama wins, then we're not going to go below Alabama. So that's going to – Alabama's going to be ahead of, in my view, I think, personally, and maybe not, they're likely going to be ahead of Oklahoma Baylor when it's all said and done. Um, so that could set the floor, and then it's just going to be – somebody's used the term, I think on TV, and I think it's a good, a placeholder to where, you know, you're not going to go above Alabama if you're Oklahoma or Baylor more than likely, although I don't know who wins the conference championship impressively we could see, but it, it could be unfold. So listen, everybody's got it all figured out, right? Nobody's got it figured out. Let's it. We have an idea. We have a good idea. We always do things happen. Pay attention to the games, not just to the results. Watch it. It matters to assume that Utah is not as good at Alabama. Tell me why. Don't tell me because I just can't believe that Utah is not as good as Alabama or whatever. That's bunk. I think you got to watch it, and I think you got to know these teams. And I think that because Alabama is the, the wild card here is because it's not typical Alabama. It's Alabama with Mac Jones. And does that look different? Does that look the same? How does it look? That's what makes that game the most intriguing game of the weekend, more so than any other game. I mean, you got Wisconsin, Minnesota deciding the West. Ohio State, Michigan, that's huge. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Bedlam. I mean, you got a lot of good games. But Auburn, Alabama, in its own way, where neither team may make the playoffs, yet it still may be the most intriguing game because how it looks – is going to matter in the playoff final standings. You know what I think is amazing? And and tell me if you agree with this. The most dangerous team in the college world playoff is the one, or it could be the one, that no one is talking about. And that's the defending national champions. Mm -hmm. It seems like the whole conversation, Chris, and, and part of it is because it's just assumed that Clemson's getting in because of the competition that they face in the ACC. But the conversation every week is about Ohio State, LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma, everybody else. And Clemson's just sitting there minding their business, just going out there, winning every football game that they play, just cozying on into the college football playoff. And then they're going to find themselves in a semifinal matchup against a team that everyone's been talking about and hyping about and worrying about. Meanwhile, Clemson's over here being overlooked. And, oh, they're just the defending national champions and, oh, one of the top three best teams in college football. Well, I think there's a reason for that. You know the reason for that. They don't play anybody good. And people are not watching their games, except for the the fans and the yeah. idiots like me that are watching it doing <laughs> my work. The games are not very good. I mean, you, I mean, I'm sitting there, and you know, as I'm watching games live six at one time, very often they're on monitor five or six. They've very rarely gotten higher than monitor three, just because in any given day, you know, what's the big game? I mean, since A and M. And that's the last game, Chris. I'll admit that's the last. That's the last game I watched all four quarters of, because I haven't know, watched all four quarters of a Clemson game since the A and M game. Yeah, and and so that's the reason. Okay, you know they're good. You know, I I kind of tweeted out based on my film room how things great, and I've said that I've got them ranked second and yeah. the four, and then people, I can't believe you have them and not four. <laughs> they haven't played anybody. Strength of you, schedule. You, you got to watch the games. Okay, look, we'll play this game with you. 
if you take Clemson's schedule and you take uh, you give it to Auburn, what's Auburn's record right now? They might be unbeaten. You think about it. Don't know. It's food for thought. Um, Auburn's the same looking team, but they're maybe unbeaten. Your perceptions are going to be a lot greater. You've got to see through it. And I know it's not easy. People will, people are trying to look at Matt, how many top 25 wins and what's the strength of record. Those are great. That's fine. It doesn't tell you to me what you need to know. If you watch Clemson play, it's called grading to a standard. And it's the same thing that I do when I'm looking at a player, when I was drafting Steve McNair out of Alcorn state or Jerry Rice out of Mississippi Valley state. Well, how do you know how good this guy's going to be? He doesn't play level of competition. You're right. It'd be a lot easier to see him against, you know, top-level competition. No doubt about it. But there are things that you look at that are transferable that you can kind of grade towards the standard. Same thing with a team. You know, just because you're unbeaten and you played a weak schedule doesn't mean you're not good and you wouldn't be unbeaten if you played a tougher schedule. Yet... You know, if you look at a team and you that's unbeaten, they don't look as good, and you think they're the byproduct of a weak schedule. Well, boy, you're not. That's not fair. You're not being honest or you're biased. No, you just watch it and see the degree of talent, the degree of separation, how they're able to beat teams in different ways. It's transferable against a better opponent. It's not as good. I look at Baylor. I've said it all year long. Love what Matt Rule's done. I can't think if you're going to give a coach of uh, a year award or give a, a coach of the past couple of years, nobody's taken Baylor out of a dumpster fire yeah. of off the field issues from one and 11, 11 and one phenomenal. Great job. Like what they've love what they've done. I watch them. They're a byproduct of being well coached. They're very sound. They're in a conference. It's not real difficult. They they manage it well. They don't match up, and they're not unbeaten anymore. I know, but let's just say they had held on and beaten Oklahoma. There's a there's a and, and they moved up. They're nine now. They're not even close to what Clemson looks like. Now you may look at it and say they've maybe beaten even better teams than Clemson has, but you look at them and you see there's a difference if you know how to look at it and grade it. So look, you you have to look at everything. And I do think who you play matters. And I think the resume matters. And I think that's great. But it, unfortunately, due to the conference you're in and scheduling, which sometimes you schedule a team that usually is good, they're not. If you judge it strictly on who they played and how tough they are, you get a disjointed view of who truly is the best. So you got to take in account to a lot of that. And, and, you know, a lot of people don't watch games. And I can tell you, and you know this as well as I do, you have an idea. You you know how good Utah is. I don't think many people know how good Utah is. You The people that think Utah's good, they, they've heard that they're good. People can't talk about Utah and relay the terms of personnel and what they do yep. mm-hmm. like they do an Alabama or a Georgia or an Ohio State. They just don't because they don't watch the team as much. Which and, and Chris, I mean, I I, yeah. I tweeted out earlier about Utah, and I I've, I've been championing championing for them all year long. I think they are one of the top five, six best teams in the country when I've watched them play, and I think they deserve to be in over Alabama because I think conference champions matter. But 
the amount of people that are in my mentions just crushing Utah, I guarantee you they don't watch this team play. They've never seen them play. And people that bring up the loss to USC, they probably didn't even watch that game. They wouldn't They wouldn't be able to tell you that Zach Moss got injured in the first quarter and didn't play the entire game. They, they, they wouldn't be able to tell you that. They would just sit here and go, oh, well, they lost to USC and they're not as good as an SEC team. They don't watch this team. And it's a shame because they are one of the best teams in the college football right now. Well, they are. And, and again, you can debate whether they deserve to be in or not. I think that debate it has to be finished by their ability to finish against Oregon. Because, you know, they did lose to USC. Now, I will say in a mark against them, Keaton Slovis wasn't in the game for USC. So the third string quarterback for USC beat them. It was their mm-hmm. off day. It was a bad day. They didn't have a tough out-of-conference schedule, did Utah? All those things are true. But again, if you watch them, they're good. They can match up. The, the defense, the, the only defensive line that's been their equal this year has been Auburn. I, yeah. I think Ohio State is is in that mention too. So Utah being in that, they're that good. The secondary is outstanding. It's a really good team. Um, whether they're deserving to be number four, that depends. That depends on if they can finish business. They've, they've got to beat Oregon. That's not a given because the moment – the one thing that they've not been able to do and is just handle the moment and Oregon's in the same way. I mean, Oregon couldn't take care of business against finish the deal against Auburn, even though they outplayed them, they couldn't finish the deal against Arizona state. Uh, they're good. Um, they're look like they were a little bit better than Auburn when they played them, but couldn't get it done. So those things matter. I mean, you can be good. You got to finish it. So you know, that's one of the things that, and I think it's always good to say, you know what, look, we can discuss it. They're in contention. They should be in contention. They should be mentioned. I don't know what the committee is going to do. I think people have made the assumption that they are going to take Alabama over Utah because Alabama is ahead of Utah. What if Utah jumps Alabama and let's say both have a same measurable uh, a measure of effectiveness in their wins over Colorado and Oregon and then against Alabama against Auburn. You know, you're gonna be you think there's some there'll be some mentions. There'll be some mentions on some people's timeline. Can you well, imagine I, the holy I, I hell the holy I, hell I will, yeah. of Utah jumping <laughs> Alabama? Because at that point, I don't get it. Particularly if they beat Auburn decisively and Utah yep. beat Colorado and Oregon decisively, but because by winning their conference, they jump ahead of them, man, there's going to be holy hell. And there's going to be hell to pay if it's the other way. That's going to be – it's going to be – it's going to get ugly in terms of that. But we don't know if it's going to get that way. Sometimes things kind of they, – they bail out the committee by the results. Let's get to the games this week, Chris. Uh, and on on Friday, Virginia Tech in Virginia is really interesting to me. Vatech is ranked 24th, and I think that's a little disrespect towards the Hokies, who have won six out of their last seven. And the only loss in that stretch was that last-second touchdown run by Ian Book and Notre Dame escaping with the victory, or else this team would be coming in here at 9-2 and two with yes. seven straight wins on their schedule. They've been extremely impressive. And I think this is a really good matchup in Charlottesville on Friday. Yeah, it is. They're playing better. They're they're this 
look like the second best team in the conference. Now they're playing better than anybody in the league. That's not named Clemson. And they've done it on the defensive side very well, but Foster and his swan song finished yeah. off an impressive shutout win over a pretty solid pit team last week. And we saw them play against Wake Forest. Now this team's played very well. And look, I, I, I recommended Justin for the job at the Virginia tech and it, it, it Man, I have just been down in the dumps about how that has not worked. It just it just hasn't looked right. And I'm thinking this is just not going well at all. And I'm not quite understanding why. And, you know, the recruiting's not what it should be. And I don't know why. And on the field, they're not gelling. And there was some issues last year. And the right, I'm like, I just am not getting it. It's starting to come together now. now I don't know if it's here to stay. I don't know. But I, I can tell you, you are so right. That's a quiet eight and three record. It's a quiet five and two record. Then they're go to, but they're going to Charlottesville. This Virginia team has been banged up a whole bunch defensively. Um, but I like the way Virginia Tech is playing at home. And look, I, I, I don't rule out. I think they certainly, because of where they are now, if they're able to win this game, I think they would be the best match potentially for Clemson. Yep. Or the toughest match to to at least maybe have a chance to make it a game. I mean, Notre Dame would, would be the team. They're not a full-fledged ACC member, as we well know. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. well stated, very much under the radar. But that's how far they've come in which you most people, if you're just thinking about it, you think, yeah, Virginia Tech, they're a, they're a four-loss team. You know, no, no, they're, they're, they're right there. They're a three-loss team. And as you said, you know, uh, but I think in the big stage, they haven't done a whole lot they haven't impressed they've taken care of business in the league but i think kind of the notre dame game and you know that that hasn't turned out very well and that's kind of look i don't want to oversell them because nationally i don't know that they're any better than where they are in fact i think they're fine at 24 personally um but the key is can they win the coastal and in a rivalry game you can't ask for much more than that to have two teams from the same state fighting for the right to win the Coastal. And I know that they'll be, quote, unquote, the sacrificial lamb. But what an impressive job. But you think about the league, it's just – it's Miami 6-5, and Pitt 7-4, and North Carolina 5-6. And And Louisville, man, what a great job, 7-4. And And Wake Forest 8-3. and Nobody's that good. So they feasted on mediocrity but have taken care of their business. And I think they deserve credit for it. Uh, How good they are nationally, eh, I'm not sure. But – Nice job by Justin, Bud, and the rest of that crew. Uh, in the American Conference, Chris, this is a th- this game has a real interesting dynamic. <laughs> Cincinnati and Memphis. So, first of all, we know that they're all fighting to be the highest ranked group of five. You have to be a conference champion though to get into that New Year's Six. So, you got to be the highest ranking group of five conference champion. So, they're all fighting for that. This game though has the potential to be the American championship game in a couple of weeks mm-hmm. because Cincinnati, Cincinnati will play Memphis, right? If Memphis wins this game, it's a guaranteed rematch, right? Um, because uh, Memphis uh, would actually be tied with Navy at the top of the conference, but Memphis beat Navy head to head. So Memphis gets in as the winner of the, of the, uh, the West Cincinnati has already clinched the East. So if Memphis wins, there's a guaranteed rematch, but if Cincinnati wins, there could still be a rematch if Navy loses to Houston. So this is such an interesting dynamic 
not many people are going to pay attention to it unless you're really a college football diehard. But this is a, a really good game between two good teams that has just an extra layer added on top of it. Well, I mean, you're dealing with a potential situation where Navy could get in the mix and they still got the Army game. You well, know what right. Navy, if if, if yeah. Cincinnati beats Memphis and Navy takes care of business against Houston, Navy gets to the American Championship game, but they have to play Army first before the American Champion. Or, yes. or, yeah, that that's exact. They play the Army game first. So that's really weird. Well, no, they play the championship game, then play Army. Remember, Army is, is – Oh, in the, the Army's on the 14th. Yes, yeah. that's it. It's the 14th. So the it's Army just game. kind of a weird deal that they would have to play conference <laughs> championship game and then play – army navy it, so that's really flukish look this is it's real intriguing as you mentioned they're right there 18 and 19 in the national like memphis and cincinnati um no they they have looked like the most consistent teams navy's played very well uh and then you know how that would look though if they they end up playing in the conference championship and win it but then you know it's where they're ranked right so like and imagine win. lose and imagine if Navy yes. and imagine Navy then loses to Army yes. and all of a sudden they're not the highest ranked yes. group of five. Yeah, yes, that's, it's, that's it, my it's... point. So they win that <laughs> they could win the conference, have to go play Navy. I mean, go play Army, and Army's played them very well. Then all of a sudden that puts in and Army keeps you know, them out of a New York Six game. <laughs> yes, it'd be and where they rank there. So where is you know Memphis, Cincinnati at that point? If both would have a loss. You would assume they would drop below Boise, maybe even below App State. What could be really chaotic in the group of five? So we'll keep you posted. But right now, it certainly looks like Cincinnati, definitely Cincinnati and Memphis have been the two best teams. They're both 10 and 1, both, uh, well, 7 and 0 for Cincinnati. So yeah, that, that could be an interesting dynamic. And certainly Navy's plot in it could be real interesting having to play and then like you said, big Houston game, play maybe a conference championship game. They can go play Army to hold their seating to get it. But, you know, lot lot is left on the table for Navy that could be big. That Navy could end up, not even ranked, could end up being the highest ranked team, jump right in the mix and get one-time big-time bowl game. Um, long shot to do all that, but still – Still in the mix. That ought to be a really good game. And obviously kind of uh, one of the feature matchups at uh, 2.30 Central Time, 3.30 Eastern on Friday. Yep. Really excited to, to watch that one. That has a little bit more cachet value than even an Iowa-Nebraska, which starts an hour earlier, as well as oh, sure. Missouri, Arkansas, which starts a little bit hour earlier. So uh, that's going to be, uh, I think, the top second window game. Uh, as Washington State, Washington, the Apple Cup game doesn't have nearly as much um, at mm-hmm. stake in, in terms of uh, where things go. I will say this at the same time, uh, you can pay attention the same time Cincinnati, Memphis, watch Boise, Colorado State, and yes. see how that plays out uh, as Boise certainly in the mix. If they take care of business and chaos reigns in the AAC, Boise could be in a position to get that spot as they're currently ranked 20th. And let's go to the big game of the week, and that is the game. Ohio State uh, against that team from up north, as they like to say, Ohio (laughs) State and Michigan. And, uh, you know, this one is about Ohio State securing their spot in the Big Ten title game and making sure that they have the – their their fate in their hands, as people say, like we talked about earlier, to get to the college football playoff. What can Michigan do in Ann Arbor to finally win one for Jim Harbaugh? You know, the um, illogic thought of, look, they got blown out last year. 
They're facing them in Ann Arbor this year. They're playing a lot better. Shea Patterson looks healthier, playing better ball. I would expect a better performance. Uh, we're going to start there. I still look at Ohio State, and I see a decided advantage in terms of playmaking ability, speed. I'm very curious to see what Don Brown and that Michigan defense will do in terms of covering the slant routes, which they could not do last year. Um, and then I'm curious to see what, if anything, Michigan could do to run the football effectively enough, get the ball out of their hands effectively enough against Chase Young, uh, do something from a protection standpoint that people have not figured out how to do, and that's slow down Chase Young. And mm -hmm. I just keep thinking, you know, uh, I hope with this game is a lot of rivalry games. They're fun, they're exciting, and they're fourth quarter games. Um, there's a potential for that, but I still look at this as a decided Ohio State advantage, speed advantage, and I think it's going to take Michigan to play a clean game, a very good game, get off to a good start. Ohio State's going to have to be a little sloppy with the ball, maybe turn it over. Uh, I think getting short fields for your offense is going to be pivotal for Michigan here. So I can paint a scenario where it's a good game, it's a close game, but I really don't see a realistic scenario where Michigan can go out and beat Ohio State. I think Ohio State's going to have to play down a little bit, and then let's see what happens in the fourth quarter and see if they can pull it out. But I, I think the Buckeyes are the better team here. I would agree with you. I just I can't see them losing in this game. Well, obviously anything can happen. I could see anything happening, but uh, it's very unlikely in my mind that Ohio State loses this game. I'm not talking about point spreads or anything. I'm just talking about losing the game, and I don't think that that's going to be the case. And Jim Harbaugh will be, what, 0-5 now against hmm. Ohio State? Yeah, yeah, it is. And, look, they're playing better, and they're winning, and, you know, they've, they've, they've been effective, but certainly not making progress in this game. Um, well, it just gets really frustrating uh, for – the Michigan fans and the boosters. All right. Two great rivalry games in that three 30 Eastern time window. We'll start with the iron bowl and obviously college play college football playoff implications in this one, Alabama and Auburn. The game is at Jordan Hare this year. So Auburn with a slight edge at home. And of course it's Mac Jones and not Tua. you know, they've not been a lot of these games, but when Alabama has played Auburn, in Jordan Hare, and they've both been ranked in like the top 20. Um, Alabama has not fared well. They've not won those games. Um, you got to go now, it's a small sample size because you got, I mean, you got to go back. Most of these games were played in Legion Field in Birmingham until mm -hmm. the late 80s. But, you know, there have been a lot of these games where one team has been ranked and the other hasn't. But this is a good Auburn team that we know that they've lost. And I, I kind of laugh. People say, well, they have three losses. <laughs> three lost team that matters who you play. It's a pretty good Auburn team. It's a very good Auburn defense. We know that. So they're ranked. They're at home. And I just don't know where to go with this pick. And, I, I you know, this Auburn team, this Alabama team, I just don't know about their offense uh, with Mac Jones. And this is this is – I'm more excited about this game than any for this reason. I don't know. I un, I know what Ohio State and Michigan can do. I, I know what a lot of these teams can do. I don't know what this Alabama team 
with Mac Jones is going to look like against this Auburn defense. I don't know. Yeah, because you I said it really earlier. Don't. We've only seen we've only seen them against two pretty bad teams. Yeah, I just don't know, and that's why I'm so excited because I don't know. I don't have a strong feel for it, so that's fun for me. Um, but we know the storylines, and we know the speed and the playmaking ability at receiver. Um, the matchup of a very improving and effective offensive line from Alabama going up against a great defensive front of Auburn. Um, I I have a pretty good feel for what Auburn offensively can or can't do against Alabama's defense, but I just don't know what we're going to see and what it's going to look like and how effective it's going to be or not be when Alabama's offense rolls out onto the field against Auburn. Is it going to be sustained drives? Can they stay on the field? Can they get, get it in the, be effective in the red zone? I mean, a kicking game. Oh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, I can't wait. Um, I, I will say this. I would be surprised, but even though I said, I don't know, I just would be surprised if Alabama's offense was able to score, you know, 28, 30 points on Auburn. Mm, mm, I've seen, mm, I, I, mm. I haven't seen anybody do it. I, I mean, I saw an LSU offense that only got 23 on them. Yeah. That's a good defensive team. You know, Florida beat them. But man, they couldn't. You you know, if it would be quite the statement if Alabama's offense was able to get it done. I I don't know that they're going to be able to do it. I think it's going to be a close game, and it may be the the type and the style of the game that won't be ideally suited for Bama because if they're going to make a statement and they're going to be impressive and it's going to look pretty, I don't know that it's going to look as pretty. But maybe I'm wrong. I I, I don't know. I think it's a close game. I think it's a toss-up. I think Auburn's got a good chance in this one. I I don't know. We move on, Chris, to the battle for Paul Bunyan's axe in the snow in Minneapolis, Wisconsin, and Minnesota in a Big Ten semifinal because the winner will represent the West in the Big Ten title game against Ohio State. Yeah, and it's certainly a great stage. We talked about Minnesota. I'm impressed with this Minnesota team how they played. I think they play well at the line of scrimmage. I like the way the quarterback Tanner Morgan has played. The receivers are very good. They've done a nice job. Uh, we know they couldn't take care of business against Iowa. They were competitive. They've done everything else to this point. Um, I think Wisconsin is better. They appear to be better on film, but not by as much as I had thought or how I had it graded wow, midway through the season. Yeah. This Minnesota team's gotten better and better. And I think at home, they've got a really good chance here. Now, I think Wisconsin's better. I think Wisconsin's going to play their best game. And this, this, in terms of a matchup, this may be the best matchup of the whole weekend, just in terms of, you know, the West is at stake. And I think these two teams are going to play well. I, I think that, that Minnesota has a chance to make some more big plays. They're at home. They're, going to be emotional it's going to be fever pitch i think going to get off the good start i see it as an emotional field minnesota team playing against a steady as you go wisconsin team like the badgers a little bit at home but a couple of three weeks ago i would have said and i even said it hey minnesota's not beating wisconsin i'm saying today i think wisconsin's gonna win i don't feel as strongly about it I really respect what this Minnesota team has done. It wouldn't surprise me if all of they pull it out. I just think Wisconsin's a little bit better, and I wonder what's Minnesota's answer going to be 
for Jonathan Taylor. Nobody's been able to stop him. I don't think Minnesota's going to be able to do it. And that's where the game kind of gets turned in my mind, where eventually Wisconsin pulls away. That's kind of how I see it. Let's talk about Bedlam, uh, number seven, Oklahoma, number 21, Oklahoma State. This matchup is in Stillwater. And I look at Oklahoma, and granted they've won the past several games, but over the past four weeks, uh, they have not covered the spread. And and they've been playing a little too close for comfort four weeks in a row. And now they go into Stillwater to play against an Oklahoma State team that would love nothing more than to spoil Oklahoma's best laid plans. To illustrate your point, the last four games that you talk about not covering the spread, Oklahoma in the last four games have outscored their opponents 145 to 144. Wow. Yep. They've won by one, by three, by four points. So you're right. They're 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 blowing a lead, coming back and winning closely. They get a lead, they they blow it. I mean, they they're they're not real pleasing to the eye when you watch them. They they are very much schizophrenic. And, and what I see is, you know, everybody talks about the defense, bad defense, bad defense. Well, what's really happened is their offense has not done a really good job protecting the football. Uh, they're not throwing it as well. Jalen Hurts is making mistakes throwing it, and he's putting the ball on the ground, fumbling it. So, you know, what we've seen is a team that's just not played a clean game. And you get the feeling that if Oklahoma played a clean game and just didn't turn the football over, the fact that they're running it more, there's the the model there to be more impressive and to maybe win games and be better in game control, but their mistakes, their turnovers are causing it to be a little different looking. And actually their defense has kind of stepped up at times and moments to give themselves a chance to get off the field and win it. Oklahoma state, Mike Gundy in particular has not done well against the Sooners. I think he's just won twice. I think 2011 is the last time. This is a really good coaching job that Mike has. Another guy who's won like um, eight games this year, and they're not typical Oklahoma State Spencer. Sanders is out at quarterback. The defensive line's playing pretty good. Shooter Hubbard's an outstanding back. He probably deserves mm-hmm. to go to New York. He's that, had that good of a year, and I don't know that he'll get even any of the votes to be considered. He's been that good, Scott. He's been outstanding. And for Oklahoma State, they throw it. And they, you know, gain 500, 600 yards a game. Not this year. They they get out uh, rushed and out uh, yardaged in most games, but they find a way to win it like they did against West Virginia last week. Look, Oklahoma should win like they should have decided decisively beaten TCU. Uh, probably should have beaten Baylor by a couple of touchdowns. It didn't do it. So, look, I, I'm telling you, I think Oklahoma is the better team. But they are not playing smart football. They're not playing clean football. Their turnovers are killing them. And I think if they do this on the road, I have why should I think that they're going to blow out Oklahoma State when they can't do it against anybody else because they're making mistakes? Clean the game up. They win decisively. You put the ball on the ground, it's going to be a four-quarter game. And it's going to be Bedlam in Stillwater in the second half. And it's going to be – Look out. You know, that that's what you want. And by the way, I mean, they're different. Jalen Hurts is struggling. You know, in in struggling throwing the football is not that surprising. But man, he's not played well. I mean, he look, he's brought him back. Okay. So he's he brought him back in the second half um against Baylor. Phenomenal. But man, he's put the ball on the ground, fumbling and going into the end zone. He's not playing the typical 
Jalen Hurts game where he's always been money in those clutch situations. So we'll see how it plays out. But um, I, I think Bedlam ought to be a lot of fun this year because you just don't, don't know what you're going to get with um, uh, out of uh, the Sooners here. So what can fans find on LandryFootball.com this week to uh, enjoy with their turkey? Well, uh, you know, obviously, as we kind of get everything done in a compressed week, we get you ready for the football weekend, which we know starts on Thursday. And obviously, all the film room breakdowns, the college breakdowns, the NFL breakdowns, the previews going into the games. Obviously, we're going to take a look at a lot of these matchups that have playoff implications, but we break down all the the uh, the games, the matchups by conference. We're going to continue to do this. Well, this is the last big one we have because next week we got a short slate, the slim slate with just the the, um, the conference championship game. So we'll continue to do that. Certainly do it on the NFL side as we've got a few weeks left in that season. Obviously, we're we've work, been working hard on recruiting, so we're going to start to break down as signing day as we get into that uh, Signing day, man, that'll be quick around the corner. So we get you up to date on everything that's going on there, all these coaching searches, the latest on what happened uh, this past week in the Florida State coaching search. Uh, We've got a lot of that covered. We cover all of that over at LandryFootball.com is why you want to go there, get a membership. It's very inexpensive. It's $9.99 a month. And, in fact, if you get the one-year membership, it's 50% off. So it comes out to $4.99 a month. You take advantage of that today. Great opportunity to get involved, learn more about the game from inside the film room, why the things are taking place, as well as all the inside information. So if you like football, you're going to love LandryFootball.com, 365 days a year because there's no offseason for us. There's constant information and evaluations going on with players, teams, coaches, and schemes on the college and NFL level. Be a smarter football fan by joining LandryFootball.com. Listen to free podcasts every day and check out the film room previews and reviews of games across not just college football, but the NFL as well. Follow Chris on Twitter at LandryFootball. You can follow me at Scott's on air. Please subscribe, rate, and review the college football film room wherever you get your podcasts from. Enjoy your Thanksgiving, everyone. Be safe. Be smart. Enjoy the food. Enjoy your family. And most importantly, enjoy the football. Chris, you enjoy your Thanksgiving as well, brother. And I'll talk to you next week. Hey, thank you. You do the same, bud. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.